I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation Podcast. Alright, what's up, Juice Nation? Welcome to episode 35 of the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. I'm Sean alongside my buddy Joe. We want to be the best podcast for Syracuse sports on iTunes. So if you could please subscribe and give us a rating uh, on any platform, but iTunes is the best because uh, it really helps us out in um, getting recognized on there in the ratings. And as far as the search goes, it'll pull us right up. So anyway, Joe, what's up, man? What's going on, Sean? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. How you doing? Yeah. Doing yeah. all right. Doing all right. <laughs> uh, sorry, we're a little late. Joe, Joe's been getting worked like a dog. We were going to yeah. try to get here a little earlier, but um, in the week, but Tuesday ain't too bad. Hell, um, <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. So look, all right, here we go. It's 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 the uh, post game poll. We're going to do that today. We'll start with that. We'll get into the Miami uh, post game as far as the the game itself went. Uh, we'll do. The, um, you know, what teams have clinched bowls, how many spots are left, what Syracuse looking like, the odds. And then if we have time, we'll um, maybe talk about, oh, we got power rankings. Um, Leiden, I hear, might be playing in a high school gym near you. (laughs) It's it's an actual possibility. (laughs) The G League, I don't know what else to say about that, but... um, I guess uh, we'll see how much time we got left. So, the new the poll this week after the Miami loss, uh, where is your, what describe your faith in Syracuse football after the Miami game? Uh, it's pay Dino bowl game or bust. Just enjoying the ride or meh. This meh meh has popped up all over the place on on social outlets and everything. Meh. I'm watching. I I've got pumpkins to pick or other. So. I'll tell you where I am, I'm at, and it's, it's quite simple, and then I'll give you the, the ratings. Uh, I, pay Dino. Pay the man his damn money, and let's get on with this. Lock this dude in. Syracuse football is on the rise. I've never been so pumped about a loss uh, in any sport in my life. Uh, pay the man some damn money. Joe? Yeah. I tend to agree. <laughs> I think I, – I mean, I could go with both. I could go with both. Um, I think that 
based upon based upon now, I don't think that we would have had to have been. I don't I, in the beginning of the year. I don't think that we would have had to have made a bowl game to prove that we had gotten better because I knew that our our schedule was very difficult, but. Um, at this point, with how we played LSU on the road tough, NC State on the road tough, Miami on the road tough, and beating Clemson, um, that Middle Tennessee State game hurts. But obviously, there was some emotional attachment to that. And uh, but I mean, at this point, I kind of expect to win a, to win a, to make it to a bowl game. So, but I absolutely, absolutely um, think that we should pay Dino Babers without a doubt because he's going to be up there on on, on the list. Uh, he's, earned a, he's earned a ton of respect is, a, is another thing, too, from other coaches and stuff. Um, so uh, Syracuse being a private school for anybody that doesn't know, but they don't pay tend to pay. They just don't have the, the funds to, to, to pay out like some of these other schools that aren't private. So, you know, you got to give the man what he's worth. I say pay the man. Um, so, yeah, well, he, I mean, he's been a respected coach, I think, as a coordinator and, and, and all the way through. He's he's. Even being a head coach with Garoppolo, and then with um, uh, Bowling Green, he did he did very well. So he's been respected. Right. Uh, but a lot of it is, I mean, you've seen it. You with Doug Marone. I mean, Doug Marone, he went 500 after he was 25 and 25 after four years, and he got an NFL job, head coach. So it's one of those things where <laughs> if you can prove that you can you can win and you can sustain. You know, um, uh, a program at Syracuse just going to bowl games at six and six. Then uh, I mean, then it earns even that much more respect. So and I think you, at, at some point we're going to have to step up and pay the guy, uh, pay a guy to stay somewhere because you're not going to get a rare. It's rare that you're going to get a guy like Pascaloni that's going to stay for so many years, or a Jim Beheim that's going to stay for so many years without that max contract. Um, so. At some point, we're going to have to pay him. Otherwise, we're just going to continually be a stepping stone of uh, of coaches to where they come to our school just to prove that they're a good coach, just so they can get a high high salary somewhere else. So we yeah. have to pay him. Exactly. Uh, the breakdown of that poll is pay Dino sixty four point four bowl gamer bus. Uh, call it eighteen. Just enjoying the ride. Call it fourteen. Um, I got pumpkins to pick. Uh, just about three percent and other, which is why bother even voting. Point eight percent. You mentioned strength of schedule, or you mentioned um, whatever the hell you mentioned. I can't remember now. Uh, but you you talked about the schedule, did you not? Because this was in my yeah, head. Okay. I talked a little bit of, about right. the schedule when you we were talking about whether or not it was a bowl game or bust. Oh right, 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 right. Okay. So, um, despite. Syracuse having faced Clemson in Miami, the two probably the two toughest games on the schedule in the rearview mirror. They still have the remaining schedule is the seventeenth most most difficult schedule remaining in college football. Yeah, still, still, so um, kind of a big deal. Now let's let's go into the game. Now I mean we could talk we could talk. Um, total yards were were about ninety off. You know we couldn't pass real well, um, but we didn't need to because we just we just ran. You had yeah. you had uh, Strickland with one hundred five and Dungy with a hundred, but that's not even the 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 story of that game to me was the heart of Eric Dungy. This dude is a freaking gladiator. He is yeah. he is awesome. I mean yeah. To throw four interceptions like that in the first half and not let that get in your head, that's very, first of all, it's very professional. Okay. Second of all, he never gave up. 
He never gave up. And I didn't give up. Joe, we talked about this. They they could have won that game until they absolutely, you know, could not. Until the very last second when you realize that, okay, it's impossible now. They could have won the game. They're in the game the entire time. Yeah. In Miami, hostile environment. Yeah, it's it's yeah. The the field wasn't in, great. It was raining in the oh, beginning, the a little slick, terrible. a little humid. I mean, both kickers slipping. Yeah, it, it wasn't like the best environment for us to play. I mean, how about the most the way- savage? The most savage play I've seen all season in college football is throwing an interception and then going and just getting it back by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. He stole no, it from no him. No harm, no foul. It was third. It was third down. <laughs> yeah, get a first down out of it. Got it. He went and got his first down back. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> it was crazy. You don't see that every day. No, like he, no. It was he, remarkable. It was. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. So. Well, that and that and his uh, his uh, UFC flying knee kicks. <laughs> yeah, which you know we could we could talk about that. I mean, that made a come on man. That made a come on man last night Monday Night Football. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it was on there. And uh, what's great about it was it, it doesn't look like it. He was trying to hurdle that dude. He was That dude was low. What was it? Was no, it red, red? I think. You think so? I, I, you, you don't think he was well, trying to hurdle him? Yeah, I think he was trying to hurdle him, and the uh, dude stood up, man, and he's like, screw it. He turned his body. I think that he does it for two reasons. Number one, he's sick of getting hit in the head, so he figures if he jumps, he's not going to get hit in the head. <laughs> but number True. two, I think that he's playing for the fact that maybe someone's going to dive at his legs. So, you know, he jumps just in case. Um, and either way, it pretty much, unless he gets flipped end over end, which might happen here if defense is started, but unless he gets flipped end over end and does a flip and lands some like awkwardly, or, I mean, it's That's kind of what I'm worried about s- though. That's what I'm worried about. But it's one of the more safe things. I mean, if he's going to do it like that, they talk about him trying to be more safe instead of just lowering his head and taking he hits la- to the head and stuff like that. He landed that, by the way, and got another like five yards out of it after he knocked it. Who was it? Red wine? Whoever that was? Uh, it could have been red, red wine. I don't know. Yeah, but. Um, yeah. he knocks him down and goes another five yards before he actually gets tackled. This is so yeah, awesome. and he almost did it again later on. I know, <laughs> dude. Too, he's so. awesome. I love that guy. I, I am so happy we have to, we get to watch this dude for another season. And I'm so, it's so disappointing last year looking back and being like, man, we missed a lot of like great dungeyness. Yeah. You know, well, what even, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, even the year before he got knocked out as well. And there's been a lot of... A lot of times in his career playing against the big boys um, that he hasn't been able to start. Because I know two years ago when we played LSU in the Dome and we had Clemson in the Dome as well, he uh, he was injured. So it was Zach Mahoney that was starting. And um, last year he got injured at Clemson and then missed the last four games. So he's been knocked out. And it's, it's nice for, to see him, um, you know, put some weight on, play a little bit smarter, and actually – be able to be still like what Dino Baver said, still standing with four games left to he go. He was peeling so. himself up off the. One more thing about Dungeon, and we'll get into some bull talk, and you can add anything you want to this, Joe. Yeah. That when he that last drive of that game, when he was just you know scrambling or whatever what whatever he was doing, you could see it in his face that it was just hard for him to get up. And he kept peeling himself up off the field, man. Adjust oh, yeah. his leg, adjust his thigh pads, and then he would snap out of it. He'd get right after it again. I mean, oh yeah, just I would have loved a to maniac, have seen, dude. 
I would have I would have loved to have seen a before and after picture with his uniform. I mean, when you looked at it, his oh, yeah, hand looks sturdiest guy in the field. Oh, his hand looks swollen. He had blood all over the place. He had you saw marks all over his arms. Like he went to battle. Like he, there's a lot of people that gain some respect. I, I watch um or listen oh, to. Oh, hey, I should say. give give me give me the before you get into it. Give me the defensive coordinators. Oh yeah, well at the end of the game, you saw the, the defense coordinator. I think his name is Manny Diaz. He ran across the field to find Dungey and yeah. was basically like, I mean, I can't say everything that he said. I mean, I. I pretty good at reading lips and I could see what he said, but he came over and was basically like, I've never seen anybody play with that much guts. He, he was just, he, he was just telling him like that, that was un effing believable. And he was, I mean, he was in, he was just giving him nothing but props and it was just, he, he turned to and Strickland he, and, too. And he's like, this man's effing amazing. Didn't he? Something like that. Yeah. He's yeah. He turned to Strickland because Strickland was uh, Dante Strickland was walking right there and he looked and he's like, your quarterback He's like, Effing amazing, you know, and then he kind of, you know, gave him a, a little pat on the back. And when he went to go walk away to go, you know, congratulate other people, you see him shake his head like, oh, God, like he was just in, like, he, like in he, disbelief. Like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Like, there's no reason that especially like you said, you go out there and someone throws four interceptions. And I'm pretty sure it was the second one. I think that he grabbed back, you know, and there was a couple of bad reads and one of them was a receiver's fault. Uh, Custis could have played a little bit better defense as far as and when you're a receiver and a, and a ball's thrown bad or maybe not where you want it to be or there's good coverage, then that receiver is supposed to turn into a cornerback or a defensive back yeah, and make sure that the interception doesn't happen. So there's right. a couple different things that could have helped him. But for that to happen and then for him to still fight back like that, and like you said, I mean, we got it back to 19-20. to 20, and uh, Miami could have ran that clock out. They scored that touchdown just to still give us almost three minutes left with was with eight gift. points to go. And I guarantee you yeah. that, that, that the defense or the coaches probably weren't too happy with that because they probably didn't want to Eric Dungey back on that field. And the time of possession was close, but we were well within well over 90 plays. And you could tell that Miami's defense was gassed. That was a reason why we had two 100-yard rushers for the first time in a little plays. while. 93 yeah. offensive plays. Yeah. That that defensive coordinator did not want to see Eric Dungey back on that field down one possession, and uh, they pulled it out and they couldn't get it done. Um, but there's nothing but respect. Like again, like I was telling you, I listened to the um, the Dan Levitard show on ESPN, and every Monday, uh, his uh, co-host there, Stu Gatz, he does a little uh, you know what he saw on the weekend type thing, and he started out with. First, because um, they're they're based out of Miami, so they're Miami fans. So they definitely watched that game. And he started out by saying, basically, kind of giving Mark Richt and the Miami uh, coaching staff a little bit of crap for bad time management as far as at the end of the game, just not running out the clock. But then after that, he said, Eric Dungy, and then kind of paused, and he goes, respect. And then he was like, if I was Eric Dungy, I wouldn't, it would be a month before I got out of bed. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I know it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to see, like, that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that might have thought that we would have been 4-4 four and four by now, but not the way that it happened. They probably would have thought we lost to Clemson, we beat Middle Tennessee State, we end up winning a close one to, to Pittsburgh, and we still end up 4-4. Four and four. But with the way that we've competed and the way that we've done, I mean, we've, you've seen it. We've had national games. Uh, I don't think that we were supposed to be slated to be on ESPN until we actually beat Clemson. And then ESPN made sure that we were a prime time, well, not prime time, but 3.30 on ESPN game. And a, now you a, start to that's a that's a that's a high, that's a, you know, high, high, highly watched time slot at 3.30, 6.30. 
Saturday afternoon. Three thirty, the three thirty in the in the eight o'clock. Yeah, are those, in the prime uh, you know, time, the, of course, right. right? Those noon games are where you get the, you know, the Iowa versus Indiana's, and it's like a twelve to fifteen game. You know, the boring game, yeah. but um, you just see it. You just see that the, the respect, the attention um, that we're gaining nationally. There's, uh, I mean, I can't tell you. There's been so many years where I've watched game day, and there's not a peep about Syracuse. Maybe if they're playing a Florida State or a Louis, they'll talk about it for a second. It's almost as like we don't have a chance. But now you're actually talking about radio shows. And, and Dino Babers is all over social media, and he's getting interviewed and stuff. like. And and it's like you said, we, you got to pay him. We got to pay the man because we're starting to get damn money. Yeah, we're starting to get that attention. And you have to you have to use this momentum if you're serious. I mean, we're four and four and look at all the all the attention that we're getting. You have to use the momentum for recruiting. We haven't and gotten blown t- out yet. No. And honestly, I mean, unless we take care of the, the term, I mean, let's be honest, the four interceptions is what lost us this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, tried, they, Miami, Miami averaged almost 200 yards. Miami averaged almost 200 yards on the ground coming into the game. We stopped them from running the ball for the most part. Uh, Joe. But they threw, yeah. Oh, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Three for 13 on third down. I just before I forget, I want to mention that because that's a, that's a huge stat on defense. That's we're we're money. It. We're money at stopping teams in the third down. It's just yeah. stopping them from third down. You know, but like I said, the, Miami was a predominantly running team, almost 200 yards a game. And I don't know how close they got, but I know that Rogier threw, threw for 344. So, yeah. Um, and it was the same thing. It was like both teams were trying to take away the offensive strengths and it worked. Because we didn't pass very, too, we we didn't pass very well, but we ran the ball. Right. At the end of the day, we lose the turnover battle, four to one. We call it three to one because, I mean, or three zero because Dungey took away the fumble. So, right. either way, they were plus three in the turnover, and we were right there in Miami against the number eight team. So, every every loss we've had has been because of our own mistakes and our own shortcomings that uh that we cause ourselves. Really, it's not even the other team. So, and now you look at Florida State's down. And Louisville's down, and we still have a Wake Forest. And I mean, they're still talented teams. And these, if we don't clean up the mistakes and we don't come out ready to play, we couldn't lose all four of those games. Yeah, you're absolutely but, right. Yeah. But this is the this is the part right now. This is the point where we have to have the faith and the confidence as a team that we can compete with anybody and go out, get healthy on our bye week, and come yeah. back and get ready to to take care of business. That's because, the big thing is is what a golden opportunity to heal up when it came at the best time possible. So, yeah, the only yeah. way that it would have been better is if they would have pulled out that win on Saturday. Exactly, exactly. But which we, would be euphoric, but we, but but we still we still we have attention, we have respect. Um, I think we had uh, one vote in the coaches poll for the top twenty five. Yes, we did. Yep. So, we got to use this momentum and. Uh, we got to go in and we got to beat Florida State at home. We we got to do it. It would be very nice. It would be, it would, be <laughs> so. it would send a huge message once again, and we'd get the same recognition again. So yeah, um, you got twenty eight teams in lock for bowl eligibility. There's fifty left: Central Florida, Memphis, VTech, Miami, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Marshall, Notre Dame, Army, Ohio. Toledo, Colorado State, Auburn, and LSU all locked up bowl games this past weekend. Syracuse sitting at four and four. Um, what's what's really cool, or almost unbelievable to me, is that 
we were at 75% for locking a bowl game, not locking a bowl game, for, but for getting a bowl game this year last week after the win at Clemson. They still got us at 70% of getting a, yeah. of, of, um, of being granted a bowl game. So, you know, like I said, with having a week off, it's really going to help going back down to Florida, <laughs> two trips to Florida. Um, yeah. So they got us right now, you know, the most logical path, blah, 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 whatever. I'm not even going to worry about that because I don't even agree with it totally. Um, but they keep no, there bringing isn't up a logical the, path because nothing about this season has been ex- logical. Ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have my own. I have. I'll just give you mine. I, I'm sticking with my 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 call on beating Florida State. And then yeah. I don't know which one, but we take one home game. Um, what was it? Wake Forest or Boston College? Yeah, yeah. I think we could take one of those, and that would give us six. I personally only think we need five, but that's a whole nother discussion. They got us projected right now, um, possibly making the pinstripe ball, which we were at a couple of years ago. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? I, uh, I honestly, I'm not trying to be a homer here or anything, but I honestly think homer that Joe. we end up, huh? Homer Joe. Yeah, buddy. I think we're I think we're gonna finish seven and five. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I I'm just saying. I, I love just, that. I love that. I love that. I, mean, I just don't get too high like that. Just, well, because of the way that I mean, I think like you said, I think it's a perfect timing. Um as much as we have to go down to Florida State in two weeks, we get a buy. Um They don't so they're banged up. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're dinged up. They like I said, they lost their starting quarterback way early in the in the in the the season i know one of the um what two years ago or a couple years ago whenever we played them and dalvin cook sat out um or it's either dalvin cook or Devontae freeman one of the two but they had that uh play and he ran all over us and he's out so they're getting beat up um and i don't think they have too much confidence i mean they're two and four and um, they have to go to a red-hot Boston College this week. So they got to travel all the way up to Boston and play a red-hot Boston College team that scored, what, 86 points the last two weeks. So, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a hard-fought battle. Boston yeah. College is never really, you know, a gimme. They have a really good defense, and now their offense is starting to click. So, um, I mean, Florida State, I feel like they could come down. As far as their confidence level and as far as – um, their talent level as far as being as close to us as it's been since we've been in the ACC this year is probably it and then I, I think there's no way that Dino Babers has us sleeping in overconfident or anything like that coming out of the bye week we're going to get healthy they're talking about Antoine Cordy possibly being back who is our starting safety who had a fracture in, a, in his leg early, like, I think the first game of the, se- or the season against Central Connecticut State they're talking about him possibly being back we had uh, Scoop Bradshaw, who was our starting corner, and um, Jordan Martin, who was our backup starting safety behind Cordy, who hasn't played like for a week or two. So those guys are going to be healthy. Kendall Coleman, our starting D end in the beginning of the year, he was he's been out, hasn't played since the first quarter of LSU. They're saying he's going to be back, and then another guy in the rotation, Josh Black is going to be back. Plus, you know, Ishmael got banged up this past week, and, you know, there's going to be bumps and bruises and stuff. So this bye couldn't have been – plus Dungy, I'm sure, is hurting. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man. this bye couldn't have came at a better time. So uh, yeah, I just I just have a good feeling. Like and, he... and honestly, the feeling is is that 
I mean, a lot of the between NC State, LSU, Clemson, and Miami, there's no other team on our schedule that's as talented or as good as them or as confident as those teams for the rest of our schedule. So as much as they're they're good teams that can beat us, we've proven that we can play the big boys, and I don't see there being um, any type of confidence issues. And if anything, they should be out to prove a point. So that's what I see. Um, I, I agree with your Florida State. I still think Louisville on the road is going to be tough with Lamar Jackson, yeah. but – at the same time, they have a chip on their shoulder because Lamar Jackson made them look dumb last year. And yeah. that defense is going to have a chip on their shoulder playing against them. And Louisville's defense is not that good. So, um, One more thing about Florida State. Probably probably the most um, hostile environment we'd, we'd face this season. I'm just trying to think. But as far as an away game, that place is, that place is loud. And those fans are rambunctious. So, yeah, well, but I tell you what, if they lose this week, they'll be two and five. Yeah, the coach is getting death threats from fans. Oh, yeah. Well, did you see Jim, Jimbo Fisher got into it with a fan this past week, told him to go down there, go down there yeah. and say that. Yeah. Picking fights with the fans and stuff like yeah. it's it's not the best situation. An excellent right now coach, though. State. No, it's not. But I mean, come on. I mean, the fans, that's a that's a raunchy thing for a fan to do to their to their coach. I would be appalled if, if someone did that, too. To one of our well, coaches. yeah, and and the thing is, is that's that's just comes down to expectations. You know what I mean? That's yeah, just they're they're, they're like, spoiled. They're spoiled. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with SU basketball. SU basketball. Every time we start off bad or this, this or that, it's oh, Bayheim's got to retire. He's got to play, man. You get all the the fans and the you know oh, the yeah. armchair quarterbacks sitting there trying to tell people you know what they have to do, coaches what they have to do, like. It's the same thing. Like in college football, you need a good quarterback. You need certain areas. And with Florida State, they have so many. They have so much turnover. Everything. Don't get me wrong. Their recruiting classes are out of this world. But at the end of the day, there's times where you need you, like us with Eric Dungy. Eric Dungy goes down, and any expectations goes out the window. And there's certain Absolutely. years where teams have backups, and there's certain years when they don't. And they had that that um. Francois, quarterback, who was a retro freshman last year, and I think Florida State was basically expecting him to be the quarterback in the future for the next two or three years. So they might not have necessarily had somebody ready to go. He goes down. Oh, oh, crap! You know they lost Dalvin Cook last year. They're starting running back. They lost a couple uh, receivers. They lost a couple um, guys on defense. I mean, they they have so many people to go to the NFL or graduate every single year that and lose underclassmen and go into the NFL that. Sometimes if you get the right injuries, then stuff just doesn't go the right way. And yeah. that's what's happened with them. And then confidence becomes an issue, and the next thing you know, it's kind of just a downward spiral. And it happens to good teams every once in a while. Yeah, it, it can't be all kittens and roses all the time. Um, no. So the power rankings are in for this week. The top four did not change. Clemson, Miami, Virginia Tech, NC State, your top four. Georgia Tech up one. Louisville up like, what were they, eight? They're up to, like, sixth, something like that. Um, Wake Forest right behind Louisville. BC, they're up two. Um, Virginia, they're down, obviously. <laughs> they went, they dropped a few. Um, yeah. Syracuse dropped one. Uh, Florida dropped a couple. Uh, and they're behind Syracuse now. Pitt is up one. Duke is down one. And North Carolina Still scraping the bottom. Yeah. So, and this is according to Brent Axe. I don't even agree with 
like I did I didn't fully agree with last week's, but like this one, I don't. I, there's a bunch on here I don't agree with. Yeah, well, just like the rankings, it comes down exactly. to you well, know, it's a one man picking it. I don't think he's like well, yeah. So, but it, even with it comes down to record, it comes down to who won, who lost. You know, I mean, there's no there's reason no why we should drop two spots to losing to Miami. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and we did. We so, got two spots. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm screaming uh, division <laughs> reconfiguration re- realignment. <laughs> yeah. Because. Right. Especially this year, I mean, there's been times where Louisville and, and Clemson and Florida State are all up there, but even if like Florida State's down, they're still not a pushover. It's still not an easy law or an easy win. No, it's going to be a, just gonna like be a tough, another tough game. Like, yeah. Louisville, they don't got as many offensive players around Lamar Jackson, and they don't their defense isn't nearly as good. But Lamar Jackson's still Lamar Jackson. He won the Heisman last year. Right. And then you have Boston College, who I mean, I don't know if they just figured it out a couple weeks. Who go or yeah, whatever, offense, Boston, right? Yeah, 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 and and the same thing goes with NC State. You see what NC State's doing. Um, if they beat Notre Dame this this uh, week, then you're talking about a be Clemson at NC State. So, and and like I said, Wake Forest, a senior laden team with with the coach that's allowed his his group of recruits to grow, and and they're no slouch either. And then you look at the other. I mean, I'd be willing to bet that anybody in our side of the division could probably be at least three to four of the other teams in the other division. In my opinion, you have Miami's legit team. Um, I don't know about number eight legit, but they're still legit. Uh, Virginia Tech's legit, and Georgia Tech's always tough. Outside of those three, everybody else really is not that good this year on that side. True. Virginia, Pitt, Duke, North Carolina. Yeah, they would be in last place in our division. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. So. So, um, all right. Well, I mean, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up there. But um, we will be back. We've got to buy, but we will be putting on an episode for the Florida State pregame, and that shouldn't be but so much. And we'll we'll do some. Maybe a little bit of college basketball preview stuff. Yeah, preview the, preview the season. We got some exhibition yeah. games so coming we, up. We, so we got a, just over two weeks until we till we really like get at it. So and start playing. So it's going to be here before we know it. We'll put together a quick pregame for Florida State, and then we will do some some talk some basketball for the first time in a few weeks. So uh, really appreciate you tuning in, giving us a download. Uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast, you can like our page there. Thumb us up on Facebook, as they say. And um, that's it. Episode 35 in the books for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Later. You just heard the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. 
I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Thank you.